0: Do you feel that you're a good judge of people? That you see people, you can see them clearly? This is Friday, November 10th. Nicholas Epley is a psychologist at the University of Chicago. And he pointed out to us that while we are aware of what passes through our minds, we don't know what is passing through other people's minds. We don't know what other people are thinking. The problem is we think that we do know. He says this leads to the perception that we have better motives than other people, that we're more complicated and nuanced than other people are. To show the truth of this, Epley cites research revealing the motives of students pursuing degrees at a business school. He asked those students why they were in business school, and they commonly responded well, that they wanted to do something worthwhile. They wanted to do something important with their lives. But then he asked those same students why they thought the other students were there. And the answer that was most common was, well, they're there for the money, only the financial benefits. Now, when I first read this study, I wanted to discount it. But then I started monitoring my own thoughts of others. And that was humbling, to say the least. I often ascribe to myself noble motivations while ascribing questionable motives to other people. Do you do this? Now it may take a little self-examination to discover that this is going on, but when you look, well, you're apt to find that it's true. Now that leads to our scripture passage for today, Romans chapter 12, verse 16 to 18. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, Paul straight up says, don't be proud. Don't be conceited. I think he says it twice for a fact. He's talking about how we view ourselves in comparison to others, because how we see ourselves and others is going to dictate how we treat those other people. In the gospel, we learn that we're far worse than we think. All of us may be aware that we have sin in our lives, but we have little comprehension of how deep and extensive our sin actually is but we learn that our sin requires redemption. And it's no small thing. Jesus had to die to cover our sin, to remove the righteous anger of God over our sin. When we come to understand this, there's a natural humility that is born. First, that knowledge humbles us before God. We know that we have no boasts to make, no record to trumpet. It is while we were still sinners, That Christ died for us. You see, the cross exposes us for who we are. It shows us the shame that we've been living with throughout our entire lives. Paul says this earlier in his letter Rarely would anyone die for a good person, but we're not good. And Jesus died for us. So, first, the gospel puts us in a place of gratitude before God, humble gratitude. Now, this does not lead us to self-hatred, but to honoring God and rejoicing in the grace that he's extended to us. And yes, there's humility in that. Then in verse 3 of that same chapter, Paul says, For by the grace given me, that's chapter 12, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. He says, the gospel gives us a sober, sober look about ourselves, a sober judgment. That leads to the second thing, how we look at other people, that we're willing then to associate with people of low position, as he says here. This is the response to us getting the gospel, to understanding that Christ died for us and our need. Right away we notice this when we see Jesus. He shows respect and honor to everyone, even those who would hate him, even those deep in sin, even those rejected by the community. He does not treat a single person as beneath him, though he is the son of God. He is the most humble and meek of all people. He took the very nature of a servant. You see, his ministry was one of constantly stepping down to be with people, never looking down on them. When we understand what Jesus has done for us, we too become willing to associate with anyone. No one is beneath us either. No one is too small, too ordinary, too tarnished by sin for us to associate with them. And we must remember as we read these words, the Jewish people were masters at using the power of association to gain status in the community. Jesus, however, seemed to gravitate to people who would lower his status. One of my favorite scenes from the life of Jesus is when he goes to the house of Zacchaeus. He's the chief tax collector of Jericho. At the height of Jesus' popularity, when he would pass through towns, the leaders would make a plan for hospitality. They wanted to show Jesus who they were, to put their best foot forward, you might say. But when Jesus arrived in Jericho, he kept on his journey toward Jerusalem. It didn't look like he was stopping at all. It wasn't until Jesus reached the other side of town that he looked up into a sycamore tree and saw this man Zacchaeus. And Jesus told Zacchaeus to come down from the tree because he would go with him to have dinner and stay the night at his house. Now the leaders in town must have been mortified. Zacchaeus was the worst sort of guy. Someone they wanted to keep as far from Jesus as possible. But indeed, Jesus goes to his house. Jesus didn't think himself too holy to share a meal with him. You see, that's association. In simple terms, here is humility and love. And in the end, Zacchaeus is converted. His heart is changed and he he restores all that he extorted from the people in town. Now, was Zacchaeus worthy of such a visit? No and yes. No, because his sin was so great. He had no right to expect that Jesus would eat at his house. But this is why Jesus must invite himself over. He tells Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house today. But it's yes, because Jesus treats no one as beneath him. No one is beyond the love of the Father no one outside the scope of his mission to save. Now, as we come to see how Jesus has come to our house, I think our hearts are changed like Zacchaeus's was. We discover a humility that opens our eyes to everyone because we know we too were poor, but God has made us rich with his grace. So let's ask that question we started with. Are you a good judge of people? Do you see them clearly? The gospel will open our eyes to see and love people we would otherwise turn away from. Let's pray. Father, Jesus commanded us not to judge, but we find ourselves constantly doing so. Remind us of the grace that you've given to us. Help us to see ourselves with sober judgment and also to love those around us. For we pray in the name of Jesus.